everybody, this is Townsend. I'm a singer, songwriter, musician, and mental health advocate, and I started the You're Not Alone project and podcast to help educate, spread awareness, and simply help you feel a little less alone, no matter what you're going through. Thank you so much for tuning in to Season 2 of You're Not Alone with Townsend. Be sure to click the follow button and share these stories. You can also watch the interviews on our YouTube under Townsend T Music. You can also keep up with the journey if you follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Townsend T Music. Every like, follow, and share helps us continue to change lives. What is up, guys? I am so excited about this episode of You're Not Alone with Townsend. I... I'm not, I'm not even going to lie. I'm not even going to let it be a secret. I'm going to let it be known to everyone listening. I'm fangirling right now. Uh, <laughs> just a couple of months ago, I had the honor of sharing the stage with this guy. And it was truly, truly one of the best experiences I've ever had. I recently did like a recap of 2022 and like just showing gratefulness and gratitude for the things that came along. And this moment was definitely one of the highlights for me. Um, so I'm going to let you introduce yourself. I'm just going to go ahead and brag for you because people don't like bragging on themselves. But if you don't know Sister Hazel, one, we can't be friends because you don't have good taste in music. Two, <laughs> if you don't recognize this guy, then you obviously don't know who Sister Hazel is. So um, I just want to say one, Ken, thank you so, so much for joining us on this episode. And two, man, just for sharing your story with me on stage o- over in Georgia, it was it was truly just so, so cool to get to connect with you, like on a human level, you know? Sure. Yeah. I well, that's where that. the rubber meets the road, right? That's yeah. That's I where like the rubber that. meets the road. It's, 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 uh, uh, it's, it's where our little, it's where all of our little scars are. That's where we connect, right? That's where the spot is. But uh, listen, if you don't know who Sister Hazel is, just go into a Walgreens or a CVS or a Home Depot or it'll be playing overhead. You are not wrong. (laughs) Oh my gosh, you're not wrong. I just had a flashback to like Walgreens. I think I hear y'all every time I'm on aisle four and like, it's just in the background, you know, subconsciously. Yeah. Somebody texted me the other day. They were getting a flu shot or something. They were videotaping themselves. Look, you're here with me. I'm like, nice to be there in spirit. Yeah, um, I love it so much. So other than being like this total rock star that's traveled the world, continues to travel the world, you're like every 90s kid's dream artist. Who is Ken Block? Well, first and foremost, I am always a family guy. I'm a I'm a dad, three kids. Um, I've been married for 27 years. Had a Tracy. Shout out uh, to your wife. 30 years. Yeah. What a hard um, job. I'm a, I'm super close with my mom. My dad passed away a few years ago, but um, family always comes first, and that includes now the family um, of our of our organization of our band. I mean, we family comes first for all of us. We are family. We are family, and um, um, you know we know where those priorities lie, and then the pecking order of what has to kind of what has to happen. But, you know, look, I, I'm very proud of, of the fact that we've had a decades long career. We've made some songs that make people think and feel and move um, that we have that big hazelnut community. Um, we started this thing called the rock boat 23 years ago, which is the first big festival on the water. 23 years is a long time to have a festival. And it's um, so cool. Raised- I heard y'all talking about it. Oh yeah. It's all, it's awesome. Amazing. I mean, it started out as a thank you to our fans. Um, and just became this thing that's 30 bands out on the water every year. And um, it is a lot of fun. We'll get you out there one of these days. I was going to say, if y'all need an opener, uh, no big deal. We'll, I'm going to do a shameless we'll, plug right here. <laughs> we'll get you out there. 
Um, but I'm very proud of that fact and the fact that that not only do we remember where we came from, but we try to shine a light on on new artists and young artists. Um, I'm very proud of the fact that we have raised millions of dollars for childhood cancer. Um, I am very proud of the fact that we've learned how to uh, same five core guys in our band that we, you know, we learn how to live together. And, you know, it's cool to have a bus. Great. This is, let me start there. How cool is it to have a tour bus, right? Uh, cool. You For somebody with that 10 drives a 20-year-old tour car, tour bus right. is pretty cool. Look, I mean, we, <laughs> we were in vans and trailers for years, right? Yeah. Um, uh, but it's still like living in a single wide trailer with 10 guys driving down the road. And you have to pick your battles. And you got to learn how to live respectfully amongst each other. And, um, and we do a pretty good job. And so we've learned how to, and I'm real proud of the fact that we, even though within our band, we have, um, we have some divergent views on politics, religion, spirituality, all you name music. Um, but we have an overlap of, of, you know, some, the way we view certain morality issues and the way you treat people. Um, but we've been able with those, very diverse ideas sometimes we've been able to run a business together create together live together um, and stay together this long and that's something i'm awfully proud of i want to personally thank you for taking the time to listen to these conversations it truly means so much we've changed so many lives for the better and we want to continue doing so throughout 2023 this project is made possible by sponsors and patrons so if you'd like to help keep the You're Not Alone project going and hearing these amazing stories, we would love for you to join the family at patreon.com slash Townsend T Music. Just for signing up, you'll get free merch, discounts, and behind-the-scenes patron-only footage, not only of my music, but of each episode. That's right, so each guest on every episode answers a few more questions that only patrons will be able to watch and listen to. So head on over to patreon.com slash Townsend Team Music, and let's continue changing lives. Man, I love it. Yeah, so I got to meet you and Drew, which are two of the yeah. kind of the lead guys of the band. And honest mm -hmm. to goodness, y you see what you get. Like the guys mm -hmm. that are on stage having the best time of their life, like they haven't been doing this for years and years and years. It's like every show's the first show and oh, yeah. I got to talk to you guys behind the stage and you're just as nice and genuine as you are on the stage, which is so cool. I've met a lot of people and a lot of musicians on the road and doing music myself and not everybody's like that. So I appreciate that. That's amazing. Well, yeah, I appreciate you saying that, you know, look, we can't fake it. I mean, we've been at this yeah. too long. We're just going to be who we are and either you connect with it, you don't and or whatever. But one thing, um, I don't, I think people make it a lot harder than it has to be in a lot of sure. ways, right? Like whether it's an artist or whether it's a, a, a car salesman or a person you're putting on a, an event with or a birthday party or whatever, you know, people really, uh, sometimes it's just step back and learn how to work together and compromise and, and say, how about this? How about just smile, appreciate what other people are doing, bring your best self to the game. And then things just fall into place, you know, um, right. stuff does not have to be as hard as a lot of people tend to make it. And that's their stuff. So move on if they make it like that. That's it. Loving people. If you love people, mm -hmm. it usually comes back around. If not, you yeah. should love different people. I'm kidding. Right. Well, you, well, the truth is, like, 
it's it, for me it's really easy to love the idea of people yeah and then you actually get the people and you got to deal with the personalities and stuff and and that can sometimes be tricky and it can be tricky um in today's climate with everything that this is not, you know i'm not i don't even have to go down the list but, but um but it's trying to find that common ground and trying to find those people that light you up a little bit more uh, than the people that want to you know put out your candle that's uh that's where it's at so yeah absolutely well I definitely felt like that I think that's a great way to word it so as an artist and I really take mental health seriously like I think I just think it's so important it's something that I'm very passionate about so it's really cool to put our passions together and it's like you said it's mm -hmm. almost like lighting each other's candles so together we make it stronger and it was just such a cool conversation to have with you uh, but if you don't mind I'd like to just hop right into mm -hmm. your story if that's cool oh yeah yeah Let's sure do it. Okay. absolutely um, so like I said, I had the opportunity to share the stage with these guys as something called Recovery Rocks, which is in Georgia, yeah. and it's geared towards people in recovery or wanting to be in recovery. Um, and so why is this? Recovery so Curious. Recovery Curious. That's it. You show up for good music and little do you know, you're right. going to leave a healed person. So what the heck? Why is recovery so important to you, Ken? Well, I first got into recovery. Uh, let's see, it's it'll be twenty nine years, uh, twenty nine, nineteen years ago, nineteen years ago. Um, so, you know, I didn't get there overnight. Um, I had, um, you know, I guess I guess I could tell a little bit of my story. Is that everyone has their stuff, right? Everyone has uh, their their wounds and their and their uh, dysfunction within their family or their friends or or their lives and or abuse or 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 um, just things that are out of their control that, that they run into or accidents or anything. But for me, the, the sort of defining moment of my childhood was when my little brother got cancer and he was four, 14 and I was 16. So we were teenagers wow. and we we couldn't have been any closer to us. I mean, we were we were thick as thieves and. Um, he was sick for about four and a half years. And throughout that time, you know, I'm playing, playing music and playing football and surfing in Florida and chasing girls, going to school, trying to go to school. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, all of a sudden we're dealing with mortality and, and God, and what is that all about? Or is there, well, you know, I'm, you know, my experience at that time was, I figured there was a God because I was sure pissed off at somebody, you know, right. and they had a lot of anger. Yeah. I mean, I had a lot of frustration with that. And so when going through that, I mean, who, it, it was just, it was awful, right? It was, it was horrific. And I think after he passed away, you know, I didn't really know what all to do with all that. I didn't, I didn't know what to do with that pain. I didn't know what to do with that frustration and anger certainly had anger at you know people would talk a lot about spirituality and so that i'm like uh, you want me to put my faith in something that has has why didn't they just step in and make this better and you know and and there's a lot of confusion anger um and then of course drugs and alcohol played a big part of my story i mean i was i grew up around people that partied a lot i've been in bands and playing out since i was 12 um um you know, we, we didn't miss too many parties. Uh, 
I was that kid that I'd walk out in front of school and they'd people walk by and just start handing me dollar bills because they knew I'd find a keg somewhere. We'd set up a band and a bonfire out in the woods with a little generator. And we'd, you know, it's it's something that interestingly enough, I feel like I still kind of do all these years later in my own way. <laughs> but um, but you know, that pain just ate me alive and I didn't know what to do with it. And and as you know, we toured with the band and as that got ramped up working in bars and clubs and, um, uh, you know, every little pizza parlor that, that would have us. And, um, uh, when you're playing seven nights a week and, and you, you indulge in all that stuff as, as much as we did, it, it can start to get the better of you. Now for us, all of a sudden we, we started getting some legs and we had this little band in Florida that, that, you know, our goal was to kind of, win over Gainesville and if we could win over Gainesville we do these little concentric circles and hit Jacksonville and Tallahassee and Orlando and then Savannah and Atlanta and Auburn and we try to make these little towns you know keep working them and start building it and it started working for us um and before you know it this isn't really a song about that part I mean a story about that part but but we got a record deal and we got on the ride and and it was glorious but it was like being shot out of a rocket ship and we had already been doing 250 dates a year, 300 dates a year in a band on top of each other for years before that ever happened. So all of a sudden it's, you know, who stands in the picture where and who gets writing credit for what and, and all these just ridiculous arguments about set lists and, and, you know, and, and we didn't miss too many parties going into that. We sure as that weren't going to miss any once we were there. That's and, right. um, and honestly, it was a lot of fun in a lot of ways until it wasn't. And, um, you know, I had all this trauma that I just kept stuffing down and, and it would well up and it would overwhelm me. And I just, for me, alcohol and drugs were really about, I called it anti-kid medication. You know, I yeah. want to get me off of me, right? I want to get me off of me. I want to be otherwise. So if it's I'm feeling good, I want to feel better. If I'm feeling down, I want to crawl in that hole, whichever it, it is. And so um, I think the breaking point, and I'm not proud of this, but I think the breaking point for me was in uh, 2002. Um, my wife, well, no, it started in 99, 2000. My wife got pregnant with my first son. Wow. And, and, the minute she told me she was pregnant, instead of just, you know, elation, I felt terror. And the terror was, holy shit, I couldn't protect my little brother from anything. And God knows I tried to save him from everything. I spent every night in the hospital and dealing with doctors and nurses and chemotherapy and spinal taps. And, and it nothing mattered. How am I going to protect this little baby? Uh, and I knew... And I knew I am not my best self right now, you know, and how is this going to go? So that year, I think things really sort of escalated for me. Yeah. Um, and I would come home and I would do better, but I'd get on the road and I was just, it, it was just kind of off to the races. Um, and it wasn't until my wife was pregnant with our second kid, Marley, in 2002, that it got so bad that remember i'm in a band of a bunch of partiers you're right they all go 
hey, man, we're not going to get back on the bus until you do something. Um, and it was honestly, I have to give credit to my wife and I have to give credit to the guys because I know that it scared the crap out of them, too. And my management and those guys, I got to give credit to them and for saying we're going to stop the bus. Wow. Um, we're going to stop this and you're going to need to do something. And I, I knew I needed help. I knew I was in a tremendous amount of pain. And I knew that every, whether it was the bar or a church or a temple or a, or an Indian uh, ceremony, nothing helped. It didn't help. It was this hole in my soul that was just eating everything up. Um, but my wife was like, you're not, you can't just come home. We're not just going to blow over this. We got, wow. I'm pregnant. We got chance. Yeah. I love you but you're not just coming home. And the band was like, we're not getting back on the bus. And I was like, "Wow!" I was a little bit like, screw you guys. Yeah. I was going to say, you know, you're, you're you know, like you don't, don't get me started on what you do. <laughs> and it was about two. You're and so tell anyway, me. Right. You were going to look at me with, I don't even get me started. So I agreed to go to treatment and I agreed. I agreed to go intervened by all those people. Yeah. I agreed. And I went, and the first week, man, bombs just kept going off outside. And it was like, because what happens when, you, when you're when you an addict or an alcoholic is you, A, you isolate in certain ways. And you have, I don't, I, I don't really like the term double live because it's all your life. But but what you do is is some people know this part of the story. And these people know this part of the story. Maybe this person knows this, you know, and I was playing that game a little bit where nobody had a complete picture of what all I was uh, taking and doing and using. And then something started to come clear. So anyway, every day I was in there, another bomb would go off where someone would come in. And I was like, God, I can't control this. I'm out of, I'm out of, I can't, I got to get out of here. And then I, I remember walking, trying to leave. And I went, well, where are you going to go? You can't go home. That's the only thing I cared about was going home, really. Right. Um, I can't go back to work. So, and I feel like shit. Can yeah. I say that on this podcast? Go okay. ahead. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, and my best thinking has landed me right here. Right. And so one of those first things they talk about when you just start dealing with, with 12 step stuff is, is your life unmanageable. And I'm like, well, it's not unmanageable. Well, maybe it is unmanageable. Yeah. And and if you're if things are unmanageable, well, who's you know if you got a business and your business is unmanageable, you fire the manager. Well, if it's your own life, you're like, oh no, manager, that's I, said, I better fire the manager and just shut up and start listening. And then somehow in that second week, I went, I don't. Why am I fighting for all? I don't want to be out of control. I don't want to hurt anybody. I'm in so much pain. I don't know how to function without all these things. Um, maybe I'll shut up and, and listen. Maybe I'll take the cotton out of my uh, ears and stick it in my mouth. And, and then all of a sudden this thing where I looked at treatment and rehab kind of as like college for life. It was like, it was beginning to teach me a little bit more about, about why I was doing what I was doing, about sort of the, the science of addiction and alcoholism, about 
you know, the psychological parts. So I was definitely dealing with depression and anxiety stuff. Sure. And that had been happening since my brother had gotten sick. And I think that's sort of that out of control feeling like you, you, that, that sense of, of um, uh, powerlessness. Yeah. Oh, I can only too, imagine. Right? Yeah. Right. And so I can't change this or fix this and I don't have any control and bad things happen to good people and all that. And so I just, I had to learn how to take life on life's terms. Yeah. And, you know, that big noise you heard up there in Arkansas, that, that was my head popping out of my ass, I think. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and so I started listening to people and I started getting in. Uh, I, st I stayed at treatment for a month. I did outpatient treatment for probably three more months. Wow. Um, and people started letting me rebuild my relationship you know where where my wife could begin to trust my trust that when i leave i'm not gonna get to be at a bad phone call or do something stupid or that my hand wouldn't be embarrassed although i i still don't buy that i was embarrassing that was that's <laughs> i could never be embarrassing right no, never hey i am so glad that that was pre-video you know on everybody's phone like instagram pre-instagram yeah oh, gosh um and I slowly started to kind of get it. And, and, you know, church never really worked for me. Um, uh, you know, all these different things hadn't really worked for me. But something that happened to me in 12 step was that people were like, you don't you don't have to believe in what I believe in. You have to come up with you have to come up with. Uh, sort of your idea of what a higher power, higher power than you is. Absolutely. Right. And, and I could wrap my head around that because uh, I, I said, I don't know, you know, and if you tell me that, you know, then that God's way too small for me. That's right. You know, like if I know, if I could even tell you it's too small for me. And if you think you can tell me it's too small for, for comfort to me. Um, and so I started to kind of develop and I got to say, here we are all these years later, I'm still working on that. Sure. You oh, know, and there, there, there are times when I am baffled and angry and frustrated. And, and, um, and so it's, it's very, it was, it was that, that 12 step situation allowed me to begin that process of kind of defining what that might be in my life, what that might look like. And for me, that was my daughter's trying to sneak by me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna call you out. There she is. Oh, there, there she is. Hi, how are you? She's like, get me. She's, she's like, you remember when I told you you're embarrassing? Yeah, this <laughs> exactly. is it. Um. Anyway, you know, and sort of what what I don't speak for any any specific that you know. It, this is anonymous stuff, but I will say twelve step mentality. What it helped me with was. It, it clear, helped me clear out the wreckage that was blocking me from good. Oh, yeah. And I mean, good behavior, good feelings, uh, a, a, a loving God, a loving pe people to love me. Because I was so, like, I, I was so, like, I was so full of shame and guilt and, and, and so much stuff that I was like, I just felt unlovable. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so getting through that, um, getting through that step work really helped me to clear out the wreckage. 
or I could take responsibility for certain things. Yeah. I could begin to build trust in other people and other things. And so, so, and now in all, in all honesty here, and I think I might've told you a little bit about this. Um, a few years back, I got, we went to Honduras and we had as a band and we had, um, adopted this little village and they were at the bottom of this literal landfill like it was crazy but i love these kids man and i'm a i'm a hugger toucher you know nuggies wet willy guy <laughs> um i was i was playing with them all weekend anyway when we got back to the states i got really really sick and i had um they couldn't figure it out turned out i had three superbugs in my lungs i had klebsiella pseudomonas and MRSA and i coughed so hard i detached my retina had to have surgery for that. I was oh, face down for two weeks. Goodness. Um, uh, I hemorrhaged my larynx. Um, so I had to, I had all this stuff and I developed a vocal issue. And that vocal issue, which I'm still working on, you can still hear it a little bit. Uh, it just started eating my lunch. And I got, I, I got out of program. I got away from all the things that got me to my best self I isolated again I got really um just head down you know I went you know what I went back to my shitty default settings yeah yeah right, right? it's my default settings of fear of anger shame um um dark just dark you know yeah. and um and so I relapsed I went back out and I went out and and I convinced myself that that anti-kin medication would get me off of me and help me. And, I, and honestly, it did a little bit, right? It yeah. were, it did what it, what it does for a little bit. It felt good for a and minute. It, it felt good for a minute, right? And then that's, that's uh, you know, they talk about it's over there in the corner doing push-ups waiting for you. Oh, here it comes. I'm ready. Here it is. Um, and it, you know, it got, it got caught by people quicker than than it should have i got busted by people around me that are watching me that's right no we're not doing this again and i was mad again um because i was scared that time that i i I was never going to get well and i was like this is helping me a little bit and they're like no it might be helping you with that but it's not helping you here trust me wow but i so i had to do it again and that was very hard it was very hard to go back in after blowing 15 years of wow. recovery and and I had to I had to go back in and and own that and start over but man it was not it, it people were like you lost all that time I'm like well yeah like it, my ego lost that time my ego was like I was proud I had all these That's many it. years Look at but my coins, though. Look at my coin, man. Look at how shiny this thing is. Yeah. Heavy. 15 years. Um, but it's like riding a bike. I wasn't there for the years. I was there for the recovery. And I went, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Why did I get Why did I get so far off, off the van? My friend told me the other day, he's like, man, he goes, you can be on the right track. But if you're sitting still, you still get run over by the train. Absolutely. And I'm like. Dang it. He's absolutely right. Um, How did you know that about me? How'd you know that? He goes, I've been run over a bunch of times. Um, so anyway, recently I've gotten really back into, into what 
has helped me be my best self. And that has been getting back to recovery. And for me, that's meetings more than anything, really. Um, Because I have found a couple that work for me and I can do it on the road. Um, And they're my people, man. It's like, it's like, man, when you first start going, you you go in. And I say you, I mean me, but I mean, it, it happens where you first start getting in. And again, people have their own path to recovery. You asked me about my story. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, I always tell pretty much every episode. This, so this is the second season, but pretty much every episode of the first season I started out with, there's a quote by Brene Brown that I love. And it's not, we're not here to be right. We're here to get it right. So your story exactly is your right. story. We're that's not telling exactly it right. as is written in stone. Like these are just yeah. people's stories to help share a little bit of light. Hey, let me yeah. ask you, I've got so many questions for you. Okay, I'm to, fire off. I'm about I, I, to, I, I can just go on forever. No, so. I love it, but I'm going to forget them. So what's okay, happening is I'm like so into it. I'm like, okay, I gotta yeah, remember yeah. to. Oh, I gotta remember. Okay, so you are the like the third person I've chatted about addiction with, and mm-hmm. so something I'm super curious about for you. I have heard two different answers, and I'm just kind of curious again personally because everybody's a little different. Do you feel like being forced to go to rehab? was a good option for you. Like I have heard, I've had people say you cannot force anybody to do rehab. They're going to go and it's just going to become like the base. Basically it's just not going to be a good outcome for them, but it sounds like yours was good. Yeah. I, I would say that both of those answers are right. Renee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. I feel like we're getting I into psychology that, now. Here's the thing is that you can't, I can't, get you sober right i can't get you sober but you can put up boundaries with me and then you can lead me to you can you can help me you lead the horse to water right and and you can say look we love you we support you i can't do this anymore i have to have these kind of boundaries i can't do this um um people will not get it until they get it yeah. And I did not want to get it that first week I was in there. I didn't, I didn't want to quit. The only thing that I knew that could, I could use to manipulate my perceptions and my yeah. emotions. Um, so yeah, they have to do it, but I, I am glad that they, I would not have stopped had they just said, go do, keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. I would not have just walked in the door one day and gone, I'm ready. Yeah, yeah. No. Just go to rehab when you're ready. Okay. Yeah. yeah, go to rehab. Quit when you're ready. When you're ready, you'll be ready. Um, I know plenty of people that have said I had enough and I and they've come back and gone. Yeah. And gone, I'd had enough and I knew where to look for help, or I went to a meeting or I went to rehab or or I asked for help. That's the thing, is that anytime you ask for help, there are people willing to help. Oh, absolutely. And there is no shame. And I think and I I hope this doesn't sound sexist, but I know for me and for guys that I know, men in recovery, they have a very hard time asking for help. Oh, yeah. And no, I, I think, think everybody does, right? But yeah. I, know, Cole, I know societally for a man to say, I'm, this thing has me licked. Yeah. It's very difficult. No one wants to say that. Nobody, man, woman, child, and yeah. no one wants to say, this thing has the best of me. And, I, and, and so it's, it takes a lot of humility and a lot of courage to do that. But if you come to anybody who has even tried recovery before, even if they're in and out, they'll try to help you. They'll help you. They'll tell you a little bit of their story. Um, and they'll, 
you can ask them questions and they'll get you the right people because there are a bunch of people that are willing to help. Oh, absolutely. Um, I've never met a nicer community than the recovery community. Me either. Community I, I have. That's why I said before, it's like, you know, ch- I think church is defined in some way as a group of people coming together, um, you know, of like mind and trying to, to focus on certain things. Right. And that's yeah. that's what that's what recovery community is. It's absolutely. people getting together, sharing, uh, you know. If, if you're a, 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 a veteran, right, you don't want to hear me talk to you about what I think it might be like to have gone off to battle. You but might get someone punched goes, square yeah. in the nose. Exactly, right? <laughs> but if somebody goes, yeah, by the way, I was so-and-so, and they're like, you get it. You understand. And 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 we're going to find common ground and be able to do that, you know. And, and you know, you don't ever get lectured by people in, in recovery of like, you know, you get you get you get some boundaries from people and you get some solid suggestions as they say yeah um but 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 you're you know you have to do it that's kind of getting back to what you say so you do have to be ready but the thing about that is is that i don't think people know they're ready sometimes until they can come up i have a friend that that, that's she's my age she's in her fifth early 50s right she um we just I went I've known her since high school and she had gotten herself in some trouble with alcohol and it was clear that there was a problem and people were telling her what to do and she was doing just what everybody does which is I think I want to quit but you know I don't need I don't need any help and so I just went down and saw her I went in um she was in a rehab hospital for physical ailment she had gone I said look let me just tell you what I'm telling you and it, it changed my life for the better. It gave me a toolkit. It was an empty toolkit at first, yeah. but I could start putting things in there to help me with all the things that I'm wrestling with on a daily basis, whether it's loneliness. You can be in a room and be lonely. You know that, right? Oh, absolutely. Uh, full, full of, not an empty room. That would mean literally Wait, lonely. Well, I mean, yeah, like, I can. I, w- I wasn't going to point that out, but uh, that, that actually <laughs> is the definition of alone, but <laughs> that's literally the definition literally but, kids. You know, how you, you we, we tend to feel like yeah. um um alone in a in a crowd or, or that no one quite understands how we feel or that or that there's not a, a real physiological reason for what we're what we're going through whether it's with addiction or, or alcoholism or or uh anxiety or depression or bipolar or any of the mental uh health issues that people face and there are people that can help with that yeah, they can help and they want to help. They wake up every day going, who can I help? Absolutely. And for people in recovery, that's part of the deal. It's like you pay it forward. And that's it's like it's helping me stay sober to talk to you today. I didn't get drunk today. No one I was going to get to talk there to you, you about. Go. Hey, right. I like I'm going, oh, I better today better not be the day. I, I was going to say if you table. went, I would buy a ticket. <laughs> I would fly my happy arse to where you are. I'd knock on your door. And I flick you in the nose. I would deserve every bit of that. Golly, I would flick you in the nose. That's it. No, I I love it. I love it. And that's kind of the point of the podcast because so many people, including myself, I think we all have days where you're just in a funk. And that's just part of being a human. Like, yeah, let's take you, for example, since you're Mm -hmm. on here, you have this amazing career. People, Mm -hmm. you know, you're an icon, you're a legend in music. You've got a beautiful family, beautiful wife, amazing friends. And sometimes 
your brain plays tricks and is like, you're totally alone and no one loves you. And that embarrasses me. Yeah. Like, there's a piece of that that makes me go, what the fuck is wrong with you, yes. man? Like, why? Like, I wouldn't choose a different wife or different kids or different job. I love my friends. I like, sure. why am I, why is this feeling? Why does it feel like there's a spring in my gut? Yeah. It's just twisted like that. Yeah. And so there's just these, these traumas more. that are deep in there that have not been resolved in different ways. And there is wiring and there's chemicals. We are a cascade of chemicals all the time that, Absolutely. that and every little tweak of that in your, of your system changes. And, and I got that, it, I, you say that and it, it, it's true. I like, I like everybody to know that everybody feels that but they're like, well, if I had that, um, and I feel embarrassed about that sometimes there's times when I go, my gratitude list is full. I mean, it yeah. looks good, but why do I still feel like this? Well, that's what I think um, that's, that's where people get in a lot of trouble. And that's why yeah. where you're not alone comes along. Cause like I said, I've been in that boat. People look at me and they're like, your life is perfect. You literally have everything you could ask for. And I go to bed and think I have everything that I need yes. and most of what I want. How could you mm. possibly feel alone? What's this whole, right? Right. Right. And mm. it's the craziest feeling. And then, like you said, I think you painted it perfect. Not only do we deal with that, we deal with the what the embarrassment the grief of yeah. that like there's so many feelings that go into this so for people that don't understand addiction or depression and anxiety it's so easy so easy oh, it, to fall into that it is and I, i'll I, never I say have, it will never be you because i feel like yeah. we're all just one choice away from that one little thought like you said right and i think that it's hard it's still hard for me but i know um uh, saying things like depression, anxiety, it's still, but every time I connect with somebody about it that, that gets it, they're like, I, I get it. That's, that's understandable to me. And, and if people are dismissive of it, then, then you got to find other people to talk that's to about it. that. That's it. Cause they that's just don't know it's any different than, than another experience. It's just like the veteran story. I told you, it's like find somebody who's been through that battle and they will be able to you're not making it up. You're not, I don't believe we're making this up. Why would we, how would exactly. we do that? Why, why right. would I want to be this? Okay. Right. I, I think that is literally perfect. I, you know, uh, can I have people reach out all the time, you know, talk, talking about contemplating suicide and talking about these hard, heavy thoughts mm -hmm. and, you know, they're afraid to turn to people because people are like, that's not real or don't be anxious. It'll be fine. That doesn't help anyone. Just, and so yes, yeah. like, just don't do that. Wait, just what? don't do that. Just don't think oh, like okay. that. All yeah. right, you go get it. some Just sunshine. You'll be fine. Right. So yeah, yeah, I think that's perfect advice. Maybe those aren't just aren't your people, but there are people like you and me. Like I am happy to give you references. I'm happy to give you a positive feedback. I'm happy Absolutely. to send you over to Ken and help let him help you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. This is interesting because um, we're all wired different, right? This oh, is yeah. a great example of this. So, so within the band. Um, I am very much the social, not, I'm not a social butterfly. And like, I don't like go out and do stuff, but if we're hanging out, I want to connect with you. Right. I want to have oh, yeah. a, a real conversation with you or whatever. And, and, um, sometimes I have to unplug from that. I have to yeah. recharge myself. I gotta, I know when that happens, but like after shows, I come out after shows all the time and I try to talk to people. I'll sign stuff if they want or whatever, but but 
one of the guys in particular is always like, man, you just like going out there and hear everybody say how great you are. And I'm like, no, man, no. But if, but if somebody takes the time to tell me about something that we created that meant something to them or it got them through this thing that they want to share with me, um, then sometimes in those moments of doubt about, man, I just missed one of my family's birthdays or I'm lonely out here. Does anybody give a shit about what we're doing in this? You know, yeah. one person comes up and says, hey, I was here and this happened. And you and I'm like, maybe we're doing what we're supposed that's to be it. doing. That's it. I'm where I'm supposed and to so, be. And so if, if that's you just want to hear people pumping you up, I'll take it. Because to me, it's about connecting right there. And I love I love that. I love knowing when I see that person the next time, being able to ask them, hey, how's that going? Or yeah. Or, you know, you know, you okay, or how's your mom or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, that stuff to me is where, you know, listen, we named our band after a lady named Sister Hazel Williams, right? Yeah. She was a whole black minister in our hometown who ran a homeless shelter, oh, wow. right? And, and I remember asking my mom one, she would come on TV and I was little and I'd go, that lady's helping out people she doesn't even know. And my mom was like, yeah. And I went. It was my first notion of service work. Wow. And now when I think about anti-kin medication is do something for somebody else. Yeah. Just yeah. go do something for somebody else. Absolutely. And that is the best way I know now to get out off of the, the gerbil wheel. Yeah. Is to go do something for somebody else because I, I can get that. on that gerbil wheel. We talked that about that. You and I talked about, man, it kind of sucks to be like a, we talked about having ADD and like being mm. a creator and you're already wired a little differently anyway. So you can easily get on that track of like thinking way too deep. And it's like a hamster oh, yeah. wheel of that. Absolutely. Um, so what, obviously you've had a lot of things to overcome, but what do you feel like from you personally was the hardest thing to overcome or the biggest struggle? Myself. Yeah. I mean, I'm my, I, if, if I'm not the problem, then there's really no solution. Wow. If, Wow. You know, that would be a great if, song. If I, if, if, if I, I have to be able to look at my part and, and what's that old saying? Um, uh, a captain doesn't, doesn't curse the wind. He adjusts the sails. Oh, I like right? that. Right. And so it's like, if I am putting all, whether something works or doesn't work on how you react to it or how, you know, how you think or feel about it, or if I, if I'm in this funk and I'm waiting for you to pull me out of it, that's giving away all my control about everything to you. And, and I have to be able to, to, to know that I, that I have some semblance of responsibility in, in my own recovery and in my own, you know, solve overcoming of these shortcomings and overcoming of these, of these traumas and these things. I, I think that, you know, if I survive, my, I wrote that on some. If I survive myself, I'll survive anything, right? That's it. And uh, and that's that to me has been I've been my biggest challenge. Yeah. You know, you said you saw it earlier, but I can make that list and go. The list looks great. The list looks great, man. What what am I complaining about? So it's me in there, and then um, and I and I do have some people in my life that'll call me on that. And that's been important. And sometimes it pisses me off. I was going to say, man, that would be an eye opener. It's hard. Like the truth will set you free, but it'll piss you off first. No kidding, right. (laughs) 
Um, so uh, they'll, they'll call me on that and say, man, why don't you step back and look at your side of the street for a little bit wow. here? What wow. part of this? So we all need friends like that. Yeah. And I'm real lucky to have a couple. And some of them, like I said, man, I wouldn't pick them necessarily to be able to do that, <laughs> but they're the teachers in my life for a reason. And when I can see that, like when we're having this conversation, when, it, when I'm not in the middle of that sort of acute yeah. energy, um, those teachers, man, doggone it. But Dang it, uh, they're always right. They're always right. Dang they're it. always right. That's but it. I like, you know, I, I am this year, I think I'm focused, you know, I, I, a lot more, I think, on on um, what was it called when you do something? It's like not counterintuitive, a contrary behavior, right? Okay. So if I, like my default settings are, I'll procrastinate on that. Yeah. And so I'm working this year on saying, nope, what's the opposite of that nat natural thing I want to do? Get up and get that done. Okay. You know, if the, if the, if the, if the wrench is on the nut, tighten it, don't pull it back off and go do something else, <laughs> um, which is what I do. I grab yeah. something. Oh, this isn't fun enough. This, this is boring. Oh, this is hard. <laughs> this is boring. I don't do this anymore. And then it gets, but then it like gets worse, right? Then it gets worse because I didn't tend to it. And I yeah. really don't want to tend to it. Yeah. So I'm really trying to do things that are like, like, well, just do it. Just do, yeah. just do it. I'm not going to take that statement, that, that hook, that, don't, uh, don't do that mantra, Kim. but don't just do the contrary, like how, how have I done this in the past? What if I just flipped it on its head Yeah. and, uh, and see how that works out a little bit. So I like that. So I know recovery is kind of a continual thing. And so I was going to ask what helps you in those moments of, Oh, I'm just having a hard time. I'm having all these dark moments. And you talked about like, do something good for somebody. Would you say that's kind of your little yeah, trick now? Yeah. A couple of things I do is, well, I try to do, cause I still have a tendency sure. to isolate if I'm feeling real bad yeah. um, or I'm in my own head and, and a couple of things I try to not take the bait. That's one thing. Don't take the bait. A lot of times when you're in that, in that headspace, oh, that's so much easier. And if I allow that. myself to get, if I allow myself to get really angry, Anger's like a drug, man. Anger's oh, yeah. anger that adrenaline jolt and it's powerful. It's way more powerful than um, than you know meekness, right, yeah. or any of that. Um, but I can't get off that, just like any other drug. Sure. Once I allow myself, so I like don't take the bait. It's one thing I try to do: get out of what I'm doing, go do something with or for somebody else. Um, is is something I try to do and move a muscle, change a thought. That's something somebody always says. Okay. Move a muscle, change a thought. And and I had this guy in my life that used to always tell me, man, he goes, don't believe everything you think. Don't believe everything you think. And don't and he goes, just because um just because you think it, just because you feel it doesn't make it true. Amen. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing is I have to suspend my my belief that I know everything's right or I'm I you know you would never understand or you would I don't know squat that's the one thing I don't know anything that's what I'm learning is that I don't know anything man Woo! man join this journey we're all on this <laughs> and this is a this is when I know you've heard um but I, I don't know why I because I, I, I've heard it but this last couple of months it has really popped out every time I've heard somebody say it and that is that you've survived 100 percent of the days that you thought you weren't going to make it through something or the days you thought 
you you couldn't go do that performance. You couldn't go have that conversation. You couldn't pass that test. Even if you failed it or you screwed it up, you made it through it. You did it. We have survived every one of those. And that, that's really resonated with me these last couple of months. Like I get anxious about something coming up, especially with my voice. That's still bothering me. Yeah. I'll be like, well, sh- you've done this now. You've gotten through it and it's been fine. And, and the more pressure I put on it, the worse it gets. Um, so that's my, one of my new, I'm, that's my new year's thing right here. You've survived it all. Put it, put that anxiety to the side and say, come on, man, it didn't help. It's like rocking in a rocking chair, man. You do it all day long, but you don't go anywhere. <laughs> I have to remind myself of that every time I get on stage. I'm like, okay, yeah, we did this last time and you didn't shit your yeah. pants. We could do it again. <laughs> right, right. You didn't shit your pants yeah. in front of people. It made it even if you, you did. didn't black out. Yeah. Right. It's okay. People would forgive you. Maybe, they maybe would, not. But you. it'd be a great story. Remember that time you shit your Man, pants? And wouldn't that be a Absolutely. story? Absolutely. <laughs> I would I would get famous for something I really didn't want to. Like for a reason I didn't want to, but whatever. I mean, it is what whatever it is. gets you there, right? Whatever. Then it's gets what you, you there. do. When it, then it's what you do with it, right? <laughs> okay. So, what advice? I love those tips and tricks. Do you feel like that would be your advice for people maybe going through the same thing? Yeah, I think that people need to find a couple things that work for them. And I think, I think, if I had advice for anybody, it's it's that it's that if you think you need help, you probably do need help. And ask for help. Love that. And and that and 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 the people in our lives that come to us as know-it-alls, we're off put by them, right? Yeah. But the people that come to us and go, "Hey, let me talk to you about something. What do you think about this? Or do you have any?" We're like, "Yeah, I, I got." You know what I mean? Like we're open yeah. to them, and even if we don't have a solution. We're open to that because they open themselves up to us. Yeah. So if you open yourself up to somebody with, hey, I think I need help with this, or do you have any thoughts on this, or you know anybody I that might be able to help me with this, ask. Just ask. It's hard to do, but but um, it is a direct proportion to ha- success that you will have with somebody. It, it, look, if you ask me, I'm having trouble learning how to play guitar. And go well. I know somebody that knows how to teach guitar. There you go. <laughs> and you, could, you know what I mean. It's yeah. like there's there are people that are a step ahead of us or ten steps ahead of us that will help us get there. So just don't be if you think you need help, um, ask for it. Just reach yeah. out and don't don't be ashamed or embarrassed. And I'm not saying you won't have those feelings, but don't let it stop you. That's it. That's it. Don't let those it. Those feelings are gonna come. I can. Those feelings are gonna we come. Are, it's just don't. Ooh, so that you don't let them win. Yeah, we are. We're, 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 we're ruled by these things that are, they're imaginary. Yeah. There's emotions. It's like this imaginary stuff that just controls the puppet. And it's like, wait a minute, I'm not going to really let that do that. This has been a good conversation for me. Yeah. Hey, there you go. Um, It's kind of making me go cuckoo, man. This is where, this is where I've got to be like, okay, I can't think too hard about that. Cause I could literally make my mind go on a a hamster wheel. Cause it is, I mean, you're in charge of the help you get. You're in charge of the person you are and step up, man. As scary as it is, the hardest phone call I ever made was to go to counseling or to go to therapy because same thing as you, I had a lot of trauma and I thought I'm just going to push it down. I'm going to be the life of the party. I'm going to hang oh, out yeah. there by every night and I'm going to pretend I got it yeah. oh, everything together. And oh yeah. Funniest, loud. Yeah. yeah. It never works. It yeah. came seeping out of every hole I had and yeah. until I addressed it. 
until I just well, it, it starts coming out sideways, like literally. You're like, like what? You, the? you start exploding at stuff that's like you're giving level ten reactions to level two problems. People are like, literally. what are you freaking out about? Yeah. Like, well, you, you don't, you don't understand. Yeah. I said I wanted bread. Yeah. Yes. Literally. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, Kent. So what is now that you've kind of gotten all this figured out and obviously every I don't day, have it figured out. No, I was going to say getting, getting, yes, yes. you know, kind of what's at the core now. So every day, God, we're just living it. I think that's everybody. Yeah. Nobody's got it figured out. We're all trying to just make it to the finish line. So what does self-care look like for you now that you know you deserve it and you need it? Yeah. Well, I think to, to elaborate on what you said right there, I think that if as survivors of trauma, um, people who struggle with, with depression or anxiety, addictions, alcohol, I think that you can have a daily reprieve based on a few simple things, right? And that would be um, stay sober, right? Just, I'm not going to do this, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to connect with some other people. I'm going to, for me, I have to get up in the morning and sort of set intentions for the day. Because if I roll out of bed, and then when I say set intentions, I'm not a, I'm not a homework guy, y'all. I'm like lazy. I'm like super lazy. <laughs> but I can either, I, 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 that, like, I'm undisciplined. I'm like I'm real lazy, lazy guys. Okay? I'm, I'm like real lazy. Like, like I, I, I want cheat sheets, right? Yeah. I want cheat sheets. So I just get up and I just try to keep it simple and, and, you know, uh, I try to have a quick little conversation with my understanding of what God is. Just say, hey, help me out through this day. Get me out of my own way. Get me out of my own way and, and help me be the person I want to be and show up as best I can. And, and doggone it, we're going, we're going to feel good today. We're going to have a happy day. And that doesn't always work, but it's way better than getting out of bed going, God dang it, my snooze went off again. I got to take the dog out and, da, 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 out. and now I get up and I, well, most days I go, yeah, right, I got right. a dog. I got three dogs. I love, you know what I mean? But some days, you know, so it's, it's just a matter of doing these certain things. I, I try to get a little exercise in yeah. if it's not, if it's not, um, actually going to the gym and doing something like that, just walk, just walk, 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 make sure you move your feet, move a muscle, change of thought. Right. Um, I try to go to meetings a couple times a week if I can, um, uh, 12 step meetings. And I've found, I've, I have a home group here that just, it works for me. It's in the middle of the day. Um, it's a pretty good size group, which I like. I don't really believe it or not. I don't like the smaller groups as much. I like to sit back and kind of watch and, yeah. and, and I like being anonymous. Not that everyone in my hometown doesn't know exactly who the fuck I am, sure. but, um, <laughs> bald guy. but that, but I'm not asked to carry it. Does that make sense? Like, sure, absolutely. Like in my job, in my life, it is a lot on me to care. I'm just another, I'm just, just another can't. bozo on the bus. Yeah. That's right. I'm another bozo on the bus. And I, I so you know, just get up, try to set some intentions, try to, try to not put a bunch of shit in my body, which I'm not always good at. Um, um, keep, find yourself a, a group of supportive people, whether that's a positive group of friends that are pushing you in the right direction or some kind of program, um, uh, for me, some kind of 12 step program, um, and move your body a little bit, you know, yeah. do something for other people. If you can, if yeah. you are, your, if you're the problem, go help somebody else out. I love that. Sometimes that's just going to the mall and holding the door open for people saying, Hey, how are you doing today? Go and sit and buy people, go give a homeless guy a dollar bill. I know some people are against that. 
just do it. It would suck to be homeless. Yeah, I don't care how he got there. I would. I don't care how he got there. I don't care if if he just blew it all, didn't want to work a day in his life. He's it sucks to be out there. Yeah. Make sure you go get a cheeseburger. I one thousand percent thought you said I don't know how we got there. No, 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 no. That's what made me laugh. I was like, me either, but we're here and we're embracing it. But here, but here's the thing. It's a daily like for me. Yeah. If I I left my own devices, if I'm just sitting by myself two month things I can my default settings just start clicking down so I can't allow myself to do that I've got to I like that um, stay engaged um the thing that people ask ask suggest I do a lot um and it always helps when I do it and I still have not made it a good practice is journaling yeah but I go back and look at some stuff I've written and gone god man that was pretty interesting that I said that but then I, I have not been able to develop a consistent um, uh, plan of, of, of action with that. Um, yeah. That's just laziness. <laughs> it's that procrastination it's cooking in. That procrastination yeah. stuck it's in the body of a perfectionist. That's it. it. Really oh, that's a terrible yeah. combo. God, it's that's terrible. Awful. Am I talking to myself? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. Hey, Ken, thank you so, so much for joining us. I literally, I cannot thank you enough for taking the time out to chat with us, to share your story, for trusting us with your short story. And I look forward to keeping in touch and just watching all the things that you rock in life. Well, I love you. I love what you're doing. And I love that you are, um, this is how you win at life. You, you, you become a vehicle for healing and for bringing people together. You should be really proud of yourself uh, for for putting that together and continuing to pay it forward like that. Much love and respect. Absolutely. Ken, have a good one. We will keep in touch, okay? All right. Be good. All right. I'll catch you later, bud. Okay, guys. If you're in the market to buy or sell, I have the perfect company for you. Clark & Co. Realty is located in the Benton, Bryant, Arkansas area. They're able to serve you no matter where you're located in the state. They've streamlined the process of buying or selling a home to make it so much easier. They have a team of industry experts that make sure you have access from anything you can think of. I'm talking from local home inspectors to painters to gardeners and so much more just to provide you with the best service possible. They're dedicated to providing the most up-to-date market data in the area. And I think the coolest part is if you go on their website, you can use their easy-to-use fast property search. You can even create a custom market report to see what's active, under contract, and sold in your neighborhood. Their team is made up of caring, knowledgeable professionals that work around the clock to help you with the process of buying and selling your home. So again, if you're in the market to buy or sell, Clark & Co. Realty is definitely the company for you. Tell them Townsend sent you. Let's be honest. I think we could all use somebody to talk to every now and then. Healing Path Counseling in Conway, Arkansas is 100% my go-to when it comes to therapy. Wendy Blackwood has more credentials than letters in the alphabet. She's won awards for her outstanding services and has a whole page of board memberships. Basically, she knows what she's doing. She works hard to help equip you with the tools needed to live your best life. She even offers a variety of services including, but not limited to, cognitive behavioral therapy, technology-assisted counseling, relationship counseling, and EMDR. 
trust me, I know therapy can be intimidating at first, but let me assure you, Wendy does her best to make you comfortable and find the best solutions and plans for you. Trust me, don't wait to make the call. Give Wendy Blackwood Healing Path Counseling a call today. Get started on the best version of you.